This segment of the podcast is sponsored by Traveling Nice Experiences, here to help you create new memories one experience at a time. Contact Traveling Nice Experiences at www.travelingniceexperiences.com to book your summer 2021 travel. Once again, that's www.travelingniceexperiences.com. We're ready to help you create your next memorable experience. Previously on the What a Word podcast. You you have to, I think you have to allow yourself to feel. Uh, I'm not trained in therapy or psychology or I'm not a trauma expert, but I, I suspect that uh, we we have to create space to grieve and we have to make those spaces meaningful spaces in which we can confide in one another share our frustrations allow ourselves to feel the rage the anger and so forth and and then once we've done that I think we can we can move on to to take a closer look at you know I mean you 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 can't you can't pers- I don't think you can pursue I, I think your question is is an, is a good one because it it strikes at the heart of the problem of how do you pursue justice when you're in pain right how do you <laughs> how do you stand up for others when you yourself are broken and battered. You are listening to the What A Word podcast, an interview style podcast where guests bring their unique experiences and insight on culture, life's challenges, and faith. Each episode is seasoned with words which will inspire and encourage. Now here is your host, Ryan Sharp. Welcome to the What Word Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Sharp. We got a word already from my past guest, Tim Golden, on the importance of creating spaces for people to have conversations, regardless of the uh, emotional content. It's important to allow people to speak honestly So I consider this work important, this podcast. It allows me to have conversations. It allows you, the hearer, to tap in and hopefully get inspired. And it allows all of us to know that we're not in this alone. So it's a powerful word. And if you have not had the opportunity yet, uh, please go back and check it out. It's in season one. My guest, Tim Golden, has a lot to say. And he inspired us during a time we needed it because we were fresh off the murder of George Floyd. And so I had Mr. Golden on and he shared what I believe was a timeless, timeless words for our listeners. I'm honored today to have my good friend, uh, my son's godfather. He and his wife are godparents to my son, Nathan. He's a worship leader and his name is Tim Anderson. And he's well known in most church areas, very, very in-demand worship leader, humble to a fault. And he blesses me every time I hear him lead worship. And we'll talk about the importance of restarting 
our view of worship when church is reopened. And Tim has a very passionate way of bringing his message across. I'll play some snippets of his um, worship delivery experience. And it is an experience. You have to be there to see it. But I'll play some snippets of it as well uh, during our conversation today. He's a friend, a father, a husband, indie artist, singer, and songwriter. Please join me in welcoming Timothy Anderson to the What A Word podcast. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Song says this. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship his holy name. I hear you sing like never before. Oh, my soul, worship your holy name. Here's why the sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before Yes, God, let me be singing when the evening comes Come on Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul Worship His holy name Your name is great and your heart is kind For all your goodness I will keep on singing Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul Worship His holy name. Sing like never, sing like never before. Oh, oh my soul, worship Your holy name. Got a third verse. And on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise on ending. Ten thousand years and forever more. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hey, oh my soul. Worship his own. Lift your voice and sing. Sing like never before. Oh, oh my soul. Worship. Can we do that last verse one more time? It says this. And on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise unending. 
Bless up, bless up, bless up, Virgin. <laughs> Good to have you, man. Good to have you. Thank I you. want to take you back just briefly. I think it was late nineties. Yes, sir. Um, I I came to Kingsborough, very wonderful church in Brooklyn. At the time, the service format was a little different. It featured more choirs and soloists in terms of the worship service. Mm -hmm. And I believe at the time I'm thinking of, you were close to completing a solo album. And just yes, jog sir. my memory if I'm offbeat. No, you're um, right. The calendar is a little off. Mm -hmm. And you gave a testimony about meeting, it may have been with a Sony A&R person. So yes, I'm taking sir. you way back in the 90s. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. And this was a lengthy meeting and you described even your own surprise at how long the meeting took. Yes. For purposes of our listeners, who was that Timothy then? Was that Timothy an aspiring, independent, inspirational artist or were you doing pretty much all types of music? I was doing everything at that point, but I knew that from a very early age I, age, I had committed my life to Christ. And I knew once I graduated from high school that I wanted to do music full time. And so I was singing with a, a, a gentleman by the name of John Martin Burrow, who's a really good friend of mine. Um, and I had a group called the Disciples and we had done you know, a couple of things here and there and everywhere. Long story short, um, we, John and I met with a management team. They were looking to sign um, an artist 
um, or a production company. They were looking to sign an artist. And so John and I met with, with, this, with this group who, I still have their business card at home, I'm pretty sure. Um, Nathan Garvin was the guy's name. And uh, we went up to Sony Records one Thursday evening and it was supposed to be a 15, 20 minute meeting that turned into almost a two hour talking about what we wanted to do, the direction we wanted to take the music, our, 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 our careers in, I almost said ministry. For me now, it was ministry. Back then, it was the opportunity of a lifetime to do what BB and CC Winans were doing, but to do it in my mind from a more gospel approach. Um, BB and CC Winans, when they wrote their songs, they wrote songs that God gave them from a neutral place. And they were getting a lot of flack for doing songs like I Owe You Me and, uh, you know, or, or for always, or, you know, they, their songs just were, you could just, you could sing them at a wedding or you could sing them in church. People, some people weren't sure. And they, they were getting radio play back in those days. We used to talk about the crossover music because music could be played in church, but it could also be played in the club. And so for, for us, we were looking, I was looking in this whole conversation for a more stamp type, this is gospel music and people would know that it's gospel. I didn't want anyone to question the integrity of the life that I was living. And the conversation, I remember we talked deeply about songwriting and changing lyrics and songs so that it could actually garner radio play. And I remember saying to one of the Sony execs, I was like, yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying. If, if I write a song that is that comes out that way, I have no problem doing that. But if I write a song that says, God is love, I don't want to change the lyrics to he is love. Or I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have to, you know, kind of alter the original intent or content of the music just because I'm looking to get, and we debated back and forth. And, you know, there was this conversation of, well, if God knows your heart and at the end of the day, we didn't, I, I walked away from the contract still thinking, yeah, I'm going to sign this contract, but it just never worked out. This was a $5 million contract that I walked away from because these guys were ready to put John and I on, on, they were ready to push us out there. They didn't have, there was no Mary Mary at that point, I, I, in my opinion. I think they were looking for something like that, but that wasn't on the scene yet in, in, in my recollection. And then the next thing you know, there was the Mary Mary shackles off my feet. So I, and we were like, yeah, that was supposed to be us. <laughs> I just want to praise you because I, I just believe that I can be an authentic Christian without compromising. 
And I didn't want to compromise my personal beliefs, my uh, Christian beliefs, just for the fact of, just for the mere idea of, you know, having a $5 million contract. I was, nah, I'm good. How did you, and I mean, that's a powerful testimony. And I mean, because this is your dream. And, mm -hmm. you know, in, in those days, for many of us, this would have been the it, like a culmination of all our aspirations to get a record deal and yes, have sir. the ability to do what we enjoy. I, I want to know, though, how did you transition from soloist or group ensemble, choir member, mm -hmm. to where mm -hmm. the church is now, where it's participatory worship? How mm -hmm. did, did even the timing surprise you that you were on the, the mm -hmm. cusp of where we are now in terms of what is necessary and relevant? I have... I've been singing since I was six years old. I am going to be 49 in August of 2021. Um, we grew up on an island called Beckway. Both of my parents, when, when, when daddy, who's now deceased, but when both of my parents were, were singers, they were in music. Dad played piano and guitar. Um, and mom was a singer. So music was always there. And I was, I started singing solos in church. My first solo was I sang over a track, over a, a, a pre-recorded track, because we didn't have soundtracks back in the 70s. Um, or I didn't, we lived in a, on an island called Beckway, which is one of the Grenadine Islands um, of St. Vincent and the Grenadines. When, when we left Guyana, where I was born, um, and we moved, that's the first place we moved to. And daddy was pastoring, he was a principal for the secondary school, but he was pastoring two churches in Beckley, the main church and a church in um, um, Paget Farm, Pranjipani. Anyway, um, I was singing solos from then. Um, so the solo aspect of music, standing up singing um, Evie's Home, I have been to many places, all of that, that was already embedded in me. Listening to guys like early music from guys like Whitney Phipps, his first gospel, his first album, um, I Give You My Life, um, uh, uh, Walter Artis from Oakwood University, quartet music, that stuff I grew up hearing, Del Delker, the King's Herald, um, and then late 70s, the Heritage Singers, and then you know, early 80s hearing Larnell Harris and Sandy Patty. And um, I used to sing in Sandy Patty's range naturally. That's before puberty hit, thank the Lord. Um, <laughs> but soloing and music was already in me. And somehow the harmony and development of the, um, the quartet came in when we moved from St. Vincent and the Grenadines to Barbados, um, I started singing more solos in churches. And then there was a group, uh, a quintet. It wasn't a quartet, it was a five guys. And we sang harmony, five part harmony um, that a friend of mine um, and mentor of mine, Wayne Jones, 
um, put together. He had a he was a part of a quartet called Emmanuel Four out of Barbados, um, um, and he he mentored my brother Duel, um, Wayne, um, Sean Jones, um, Earl Phillips. Um, it was five of us, and uh, yeah, we we that's that's where the the development. And I must have been twelve then. 11, 12, singing in a quartet with this high Sandy Patty voice. And uh, yeah, we, we, that's where that whole thing came from. Growing up in churches, hearing hymns over and over, early morning family worship, singing hymns like, um, when morning gills the sky, my heart awaiting cries, may Jesus Christ be praised. Lord, in the morning thou shalt hear my voice ascending. We sang all of those songs, all those hymns you know, almost every week to the point where jump to present day, when I hear certain songs played on the radio and I understand the message or I hear something on iTunes or on YouTube and I hear the message in the song, I am able to put the, the, the lyrics of that song together with a hymn or an old school gospel song and let it ride together. So the young people today are going, oh, we know that song, your great name. You know, there is power in the name of Jesus. When that part comes on, the first song I hear is, there is power, power. And so those are, those are the bridges that I believe in humility that God has called me to to kind of merge together or join together so that people are able to identify in a corporate worship setting, the old and the new. So um, yeah, that's literally how, how my life has evolved into this whole, this whole thing where, where we are in this present day. And I just kind of dig back to where I've heard whether it's a piece of a choir song, because I don't think we should do choir songs for praise and worship. That's a whole other conversation that we can have. But if you're if you're sampling a piece of a choir song and, and you're using a, a, a praise and worship song, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But yeah, it 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 uh it it it's a unique gift that that God, I believe God has given me. Um I'm hoping that I instill it with a generation of 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 young worship leaders because I'm like I said I'm a, I'm an old dude I'm I, I'm almost a year away from um, from fifty so I don't consider myself young anymore but I'm hoping this 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 thing that we don't ever neglect or forget the hymns that our parents and our grandparents made it through and are the I call it the foundation of our denomination this is this is our hymnology and so if we don't understand the theology of our church and the hymnology of our church then we're just we're just messing around yeah yeah so, so i want to talk family tim and and where this is going to lead is into what i see as your gift because mm -hmm. the brooklyn you were socialized in in terms of church service Mm -hmm. I'm making some assumptions that Brooklyn was different than your parents' Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. 
But you oh, have yeah. the ability, from what I have seen, to read a congregation. Mm -hmm. I think, <laughs> and it's one of the things I appreciate about good worship leaders. To me, they're akin to air traffic controllers. Yes, sir. They're in front of a congregation and they're multitasking. When did you discover you had that ability to read a congregation so that your ministry would have impact? Um, one of the things, oh man, that, that's a good question. I can't necessarily identify the time. I, I know, so I was in Boston, Massachusetts for a New England Federation meeting. I'll never forget Pastor, Pastor Nigel David was preaching that, that Sabbath. He was the special guest speaker and I was the worship leader. And I'll never forget that particular Sabbath. And I, I'll add something once I finish this story. I got to add this part. But that particular Sabbath, there was an interruption in the worship service, in the praise and worship part section of the worship service. I'm doing praise and worship. And there's an announcement that happens. And I'm just like, okay, did you have to do this now? Like a double park car, one of those? Yes, like someone needs to move. Wait, we need to stop this. So the music stops and some, and they're like, you can carry on with your praise and worship. And I just, I'll never forget that particular Sabbath. I started, I'm trying to remember the song. It may have been, there's a sweet, sweet spirit. He said, you can carry on. I'm thinking praise, we get to sit down now because you just interrupted praise and worship. You just, in my opinion, you just ruined the entire moment that we were about to get to. And I had no other songs on my agenda. And I wasn't thinking, but I was, I'm, you now put me on the spot. And in the blink of, a, of an eye, I believe that the Lord dropped that song in my spirit. And we went from tis so sweet to trusting. I mean, there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. Stay right here with us, filling us with your love. And for each of these, to lift our hearts in praise. Without a doubt, we know that we have been revived when we shall leave this place. Um, and I went to some other hymn. Oh, I think I went to the chorus of Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. And when we hit the Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior, when we got the Savior, Savior, I saw heads popping up and people's hands going up. And that's when I knew that it was God in that moment that we had transitioned back into the atmosphere of worship. And what sealed it was Pastor Nigel David came up and he said in the microphone, he said, I didn't know what you were going to do. I'm trying to do his English accent. Bruh, I didn't know what you were going to do. But you got something that other people just don't have. There is an anointing on your life. And, and that thing, that one time ministered to me. 
And so out of that experience, I have come to look at churches and go, you know what? That song was a self song. I shouldn't have picked that song. And in the middle of this, I have this song in my back pocket. I always have a song in my back pocket. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from, but it's a gift. I have a song and it's usually a hymn in my back pocket that coincides or uh, correlates with the message of the song that I'm singing. And so sometimes I look at the church, I'm like, we're singing this thing over and over again and y'all not getting it. All right, I got something for you, for you Christian folk. I got something for y'all. Y'all not getting this message in this song because you don't, you don't like the text, sing unto the Lord. David says, sing unto the Lord a new song. Y'all don't like that text? I got something for you. I'm gonna give you something that you can understand. And then the Lord just takes it that way and he kind of tells me in those moments, change key, go up, uh, go here, sing this twice. And as I'm hearing God's voice in the movement, sometimes when my hands start doing the, the double Dutch thing and people are like, what are the hand movements? It's literally a place in worship where I go, oh, I see me in this. There's an excitement that happens in that moment. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm glad that you gave me this stuff. Now you're gonna have to work out where I'm gonna go from here because I don't know what I'm supposed to do at this point in worship. So give me what I gotta say, cause I'm about to, if, if, I, if you don't give me something to say, you're either gonna, I'm either gonna embarrass you or you're gonna embarrass me and you're not gonna embarrass me. I'm gonna embarrass you and I don't want you to be embarrassed. So where, where else are we supposed to go? Cause I need you to navigate these next few moments in my worship experience with all of these people watching me. And those types of experience and those intimate moments have allowed me to never, this is the part that I was, I was trying, I, I, was, I didn't wanna forget. Those type of intimate moments in worship where we go left and I tell the worship team, we didn't even rehearse this, but y'all gotta follow me. Those types of moments have taught me that worship has never been about me. And when I'm selecting songs to, to lead God's people into worship, I need to be very mindful that I'm not picking songs that I want to sing. Because if I'm picking a song that is about me, then chances are God is not gonna be glorified in those moments. And so, yeah, that, that, that's literally where that comes from. It comes from a place where I'm around the house and I'm just, I'm just singing. Like last night, we, we, since, since COVID came in our family in all over the world, I mean, from England to Trinidad to Guyana to Bahamas to wherever, our family gets together on Friday nights from 7.30 until and we do family worship over Zoom. And because I'm the quote unquote music guy, I do the children's church from 7.30 to eight, seven um, children's service from 7.30 to eight. And then I do the adult 
service, um, Friday night service from eight until. And so I still, last night we did um, Redeemed, Redeemed How I Love to Proclaim. We did the other version, um, the, the, three, the hymn 338. And then we did Since I've Been Redeemed. And then we did some other song. But everything had a message to it. And so sometimes when I'm singing around the house, a song will drop into my spirit and I'll go write it down or I'll put it in my phone so I don't forget because I forget quick. And as I'm singing this, after I put it in my phone, like clockwork, something else will come along. As I'm singing, I'll, I'll sing it, or, you know, I'll, I'll take a part and I'll turn it around and I'll do, um, uh, uh, let me think. Um, let me think of a song. Uh, I can't, I don't want to think grace, grace. Okay, so I'll think of um, marvelous grace of our loving Lord, grace that, and we'll get to the chorus. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. Grace that is great. And I'll, I'll turn that part around. Um, and then out of the blue, and I'm doing this as I'm speaking to you now, I'll just, grace that is greater than all our sin. And then it'll be, I am free. Praise the Lord, I'm free. No longer bound. No more chains holding me. My soul is resting. It's such, and, and it will make perfect sense because I was talking about the grace of God that is greater than all of the sin in my life. I'm not talking about anybody at this point. This is Timothy in private worship at home. And I'll, I'll analyze the hymn, the lyrics to the hymn that I just sang. And then I'll go that God's grace has freed me from the penalty of sin, from sins, from sins process. And that's how I get into those places of worship that I go, oh, that's how these songs connect. This is what makes sense to me. That's what they're in those moments. Yeah. So, so I see a certain one is that any person who offers artistry to the church wants to do it well. Yes. But at the same time, you are dealing with not wanting to be seen too much right right <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> there's that tension some of us are introverts some, some of us i gotta keep it real some of us there there's something that happens with me whenever i have to lead worship my wife will tell you there were some friday nights that i would be out late because I'm like, I don't even want to go to church because I want to stay up and see my bed and curl up. I was the minister of music and the AY leader at Kingsborough for years. And I was like, I'm not really trying to do, but, but something takes hold of me once I hit that, once the mic is in my hand and I know I have to do God's work, there is artistry becomes second, second nature and what takes over is a is this desire to for Christ to be seen. And so I literally 
put all of that stuff to the side, the nerves, my butterflies, because that still happens when I lead praise and worship. How does God see me in my mess, in my dirt, in my, in my self-absorbed foolishness and say, go, <laughs> go to Metro, go to CPC, go to Kingsborough, go to, go to this little church and minister to them. How does God do that? That makes absolutely no sense to me. But I understand that God of the universe still calls those who aren't necessarily, who don't consider themselves to be qualified, but he qualifies you when once he gives you the call. Because he'll call you, but sometimes you don't answer. Sometimes you say, nah, that's not my thing. And he'll find somebody else to do it in the, main, in the meantime. But the minute you say, here am I, send me, that's when you, the, 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 he now holds you accountable for your answer. That's what I believe. I believe with the story of Jonah, God calls Jonah before we get into the Nineveh story. And, and Nineveh was the story that we hear about because Nineveh was the experience that Jonah was like, I answered and God said, but go to Nineveh. And he's like, nah, you know what? I don't want to go to Nineveh because those people over there, they're wicked. I don't want to go. I I'll do anything else, but I'm not going to go there. And so for me, I've learned from all of these Bible characters never to tell God, just, just give me a minute. I, I want to do this. I want to go to Brooklyn Tab. <laughs> if you let me go to Brooklyn Tab, then I'll answer yes. I've learned that to put the to put the I've learned to put the 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 introvert issues that I face aside and just do what God tells me to do big or small just answer them handle them and then I can go back to being an introvert I'll just go back in my closet sometimes I'll come outside sit in the car and 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 I which is this is my comfort zone this right here in this car uh, for those who can't see, I'm in a car. Um, this is my comfort zone because I'm 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 not afraid of um, I'm not claustrophobic. I'm I'm that that doesn't bother me. But I'm in my own space and I'm having this good time with my brother. And this this is good for me. It's just me and you. But we'll be in front of a church. Oh man, I'm I'm a mess. But then something else happens. The Holy Spirit comes. And he provides the comfort that I need when I become anxious or I get, you know, or they, or they say, okay, we're going to put offering first <laughs> and then we're going to put praise and worship. But praise and worship was supposed to be 10 minutes ago. And you're like, I just want to get this thing over with. Please, can we just do this right now? Because <laughs> I don't want to be here. That's what happens. Are you enjoying the What A Word podcast and want to learn how to share it with others on social media? It's easy. Go on your favorite podcast app, find the What A Word podcast and hit share. Please remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you won't miss any episodes. And if this podcast has encouraged or inspired you, then please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. 
it helps new listeners find us easier. Thank you. What are the benefits to having good participatory worship in your local church? Okay. Um, well, let me just, let me, okay. So this is one of the answers that I wanted to, that I need to say. I believe that worship should be multi-generational first, and it should be uh, all-inclusive. Every age group should benefit from worship. Um, when I when I say worship, I also mean corporate. I'm talking about corporate worship or singing songs in our worship service. Um, some people don't have money to give. Some people don't have jobs, so they can't participate in offering. Some people can't aren't good readers. Let me say they can't read. Some people aren't good readers, and some people don't have a Bible. So not everyone can participate in the reading aspect of God's word. And a lot of times I will read, you hear people say, we will read responsively or I will read in your hearing. So that, you know, those, those areas are, um, are all covered. Sometimes special music, the choir is singing. So the, 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 the light is being shown on the choir or the soloist the preaching aspect you're not preaching the sermon you're literally you're being every every aspect of the service someone is talking to you so that you could do something but you're not necessarily involved in it the only time in worship that people actually get to participate is in the singing whether you can sing or not you have the opportunity to sing and to participate. If you can't sing, you can clap your hands. If you can't clap your hands, you can nod your head and you can enjoy. You can stand up. If you don't have legs, and I'm not trying to be funny, if you don't have legs to stand, you can still participate at some point in the worship service because that's what the Bible says that we were created for. It is important to have multi generational worship teams because if you have someone like a sister Avery uh Jimenez Boyd on your team singing or an or or, or a more mature ad a couple of mature ad, adults like sister Marilyn or or other people then you have um an inclusive you have a church that demonstrates uh visually that we embrace all age groups how it will impact the church and the surrounding and people who visit the church now is a completely different subject because in my opinion um when that when they see that aspect of worship and they realize hey this church embraces everybody in their worship it makes it more of a welcoming environment for everyone now to participate. And then 
you pick songs, songs that are selected that speak to the, I don't like to, I don't tend to pick songs that speak to people's circumstances. I tend to love to pick songs that talk to the God of the circumstances. And wow. so you'll hear me do songs like How Great Is Our God, because I know you're broke, but God is the God who can give you provision. And I know you're sick. And I know that you, but he's the ancient of days. I know you feel lonely, but he's Jehovah Shammah, the God that is everywhere. He's Jehovah Jireh. And so when I pick my songs and I get into those modes, it helps me now recognize that, hey, I know you're struggling. I know you're hurting. I know you're broken, but I know a God who is able to do, as Paul says, exceedingly abundantly, or is it exceeding? Exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. And then this is the part that gets me according to the power that works inside of you. And so if you just activate the power that he has already implanted in you, then you would see a different aspect. And worship is the, the, the avenue that helps to bring out the power because it reassures you through music, which is what God says in, Ze in Zephaniah 3.17, that he himself sings over us. So now you have the, 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 the song of the Lord that's being sung over your circumstance and you activate the power that says, um, my God is awesome. He can move mountains. And now you're like, oh, I don't have to fear. I don't have to worry because my God is awesome. The God that I've read about who delivered Daniel, who delivered Jonah, who delivered, uh, who allowed David to become the first king of Israel, that same God is able to deliver me because that God is from everlasting to everlasting. And so I just have to apply the, man, listen, when you start thinking about how that music now can impact people's lives and, and it can raise them up, it allows people to now go out in the world and testify that God has done something for them. And then they get the invitation, come see a man come to my church and see what my church is doing with this God that I'm so excited about. And now you have an influx of people who are empowered with the Holy Spirit, who can just go out and tell people about the goodness of the Lord. And so I just think, man, worship and, and, the, and, and the environment that it creates can help to impact a church. And you can't, but you cannot present it in a manner that 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 um that gives off this 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 thing that God is just yeah he's all right you know it's God he's there we as a a body of believers we need to we need to do our very best to uh to make sure that what we're giving to God is is so authentic and that it is so unique and every single Sabbath, this is the other, this is the other thing I this is the other thing I want to say, because I think this 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 tends to fly over some people's heads. 
every every single time we get into God's presence, whether it's on Sabbath or on Sunday, we need to be mindful that every single experience should be a fresh experience in God's presence. You should never approach God's presence trying to experience what happened last week, this week. I'm, I'm one, and I'm going to call my, my, my little brother's name. I look at Kevin Jackson when he leads worship, and his worship is always like, boom, bow. And I'm, I'm not going to sit down and go, but I want, I'm leading next week. So I, you know, I'm second south. I got to do what he did. No, no. What he did was unique to him. What I'm going to do is unique to me, but I'm still going to want that same. I want God to be pleased with my worship the same way he was pleased with Kevin's worship. And I want God to be glorified in my own way, which is authentic, which is real, which is in spirit, which is in truth, which is what he's looking for. And I can still be Timothy in, in all authenticity of who I am. I don't have to mimic what Kevin do, does in his, I don't have to link the songs. No, because sometimes it only takes one song for you to remember what God has done for you. And then the church just goes there from there. And I, I'm not up to, to, to a set, to a set, um, set list. I don't have to do three songs. I almost went to my West Indian and say three songs. I don't have to do three songs. I can do, <laughs> I can do literally one song and get into the presence of the Lord. And it doesn't have to be a fast song or a slow. It just has to be the right song to, for me to tap into the place where God's presence is and for me to go, whoa, I'm, I remember what you did for me. Yeah. So you're 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 a technician, Tim. So I want to discuss song sets, placements in service, the lead song in any worship set. And I I told you before we started recording, I was listening to the November 29th, 2019 song set at CEC. Yes. The sun comes up, there's a new mm -hmm. day dawning. It's time to sing again. your song again. Is that song chosen because of the melody or because of the lyrics? Or is it a combination a of both? Why is that song the lead it, song? It's a com And is that a song that was in the pocket? Right. No, it was not a song in the pocket. The last song is usually a song in the pocket. Um, um, gotcha. Sometimes when I go left, you're like, the praise team is there, like there in headlights. That's when you're like, wait, oh, that's the pocket song. You didn't tell them about this. This one just came out of the blue. Um, um, that, so I tend to theme my praise and worship sets, meaning it's Thanksgiving Sabbath or the Sabbath after Thanksgiving day. And I want to allow the church corporately, because we didn't do it the week before. And that's not a knock to anybody. It's just that you don't celebrate Thanksgiving the week before you may some churches may do it but i know most worship leaders aren't technical in that aspect of looking at okay this it's easter you know thanksgiving christmas no 
I tend to look at songs if I'm if I'm doing the last Sabbath of December, and I'm I know it's the Sabbath that leads me into the new year. I want to sing about song. I want to pick the song that may have been a, a, a song that could have carried people that could speak to the lives of the people. Um, whether it's now thank we all our God with heart and hand and voices, or if it's, I don't know, just something that talks about what God has done for us for the year. And then in that set, I want to be technical and switch gears and go from what God has done for us to what he's getting ready to do, even with the uncertainty of life that we hold on to God's unchanging hand in 20, for the rest of 2021, knowing that if he took you through 2020, he can take you through 2021, which is a much better year already than it was last year. And so that's what my worship sets do. So that particular Sabbath, we did songs that were on thank you which is bless the Lord, which is me thanking the Lord. Worship his holy name. Uh, 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 what, what is the rest of the song? Um, worship Great. his holy name. Um, um, worship his holy name. Not that part. Sing like never before. Right. So when you, when you think of, hey, I made it through Thanksgiving, so I'm going to sing his praises like never before. I don't care what I did last week. I'm in God's house today, right now. And I have the opportunity to, to praise him like, I don't, I don't like using the term like a madman, but praising him with an unrestricted and undignified praise. That's biblical. So now I'm going to Bless the Lord for all that he's done. The sun comes up. It's a new day dawning. That's, that's, where the, that's the angle that I'm coming from with this song. Usually, we don't, worship leaders don't, the church is supposed to do a better job of communicating, pastor, you're preaching on this, you know, audio video, where we have some videos that we're presenting on that. This is where prayer really comes in, and it takes a lot of listening to what God's voice is speaking to you, what your, what your conscience is saying. Because you can pick any song. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. You could pick that song. Um, um, you could say, um, how can I say thanks to God? You could use that one little piece. Be the glory. So you have to listen to God's voice as he's speaking because when the worship, if you look at the whole service, there are parts of the service where we sing a song and we're like, oh, and I turn to the praise and I'm like, you see why God gave me that song? And they're like, it makes perfect sense because it's not just about me picking songs. It's about picking the right songs so that everything, all of the pieces of the puzzle during the service kind of come together and God reveals himself through the entire service on that specific day versus 
me sing about stewardship when I'm supposed to be singing about thank you. And they're doing all these videos on experiences and how they want to thank God for what he's done for them. And my songs are about something else, something completely different. There's no gel there. And because we don't talk, I'm not talking to the pastor. Not that I'm not talking, but we're not communicating. There aren't emails going back and forth. I have to now follow God's leading, knowing that he's talking to the pastor. He's talking to me. He's talking to this person. And all of our ideas, as he speaks, everything just kind of comes together in this, in, this, in this nice rollout of what he wants to hear and the things that he wants to say through us. I hope that makes sense. I, I, I had to segue into that. It does. It really does. And what about placement in the service? Because you seem to be talking about a setup which includes but is not limited to setting the table for the right. spoken word. So the praise and worship have more impact when it comes right it does. before. Because one of the things, now I, I learned this when I went to Gospel Heritage. But it was amazing to hear Pastor Marx say when he revamped the, the liturgy of, 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 of Kingsborough's program and praise and worship came right before the word, it allowed the fallow ground, as the Bible calls it, the, 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 the people who would typically fall asleep are now awakened by this musical presentation to God and now the blood is flowing so that when the man of God gets up you're able to hear God speak through him and you're awake you're alert you're not sleepy some churches like to put praise and worship to begin the service because they don't necessarily oops I'm on podcast I don't care and I'm 48 I get to say things that I don't I won't normally say because they don't care about praise and worship in the in light of or in in regards to how it can impact their services you just want to get that out the way because you think it's a young people's thing you don't realize that you could actually hoop and holler if even if you're not a hooper and a holler if it's sound doctrine that is being delivered during praise and worship then you actually have an easier task of presenting the word of God. It'll make your preaching so easy that you're going to preach for 15 minutes like Peter did. And people are going to be like, what must I do to be saved? Because your point is going to hit home in record time. You're like a baseball batter who's been practicing hitting that home run. And because you know the pitch that the, that the, um, you know the pitch that's going to come to you, from the, what do they call the guy who's going to pitch the ball? From the pitcher, you know, you know the ball that he's going to pitch to you, you already ready for it. So the minute you the ball comes out, you're like, boom, and it's out of the park because, because music and where it's put in the worship service will, will always cause that and the right songs. I got to stress that part. Because there can be a disconnect at times if you're not paying attention as a worship leader. If you're not just 
tuned into what the Holy Spirit is saying, you could actually miss the whole thing. And all you did was sing all of your songs. And then what happens is the pastor got to come up there now and he got to sing, um, fill me now or fill my cup, Lord. Because now he has to really set the table because you didn't do what you, you didn't do your job. You, you too busy talking about, you talking about Tasha Cobbs and you talking about Donnie McClurkin and you talking about, uh, 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 um, who else, who else? Um, Matt Redman and all of these people that you missed what was supposed to happen. You are given a responsibility and you didn't take it seriously because you just like the front. You don't necessarily understand your role as a worship leader and the responsibility that you have to lead the people into God's presence and set the table. The food is going to get served, but you just got to put the forks, knives, plates, and you have to put them in their place or else you're not, you're not, you're not practicing proper table etiquette. Wow. Yeah. What a word. I want to land the plane by talking about legacy. You mentioned earlier your dad and um, my prayers of continued comfort. Thank you. you. I met dad and I said, dad, your son, Tim, blesses us every time. 
very I'm humbled. And dad says, I taught Tim everything he knows. <laughs> <laughs> he probably did in his own subtle way. He did. He did. But, I watched, I've always been a daddy's boy. And that's why I've, I've taken his, his, his death so hard mm -hmm. because I wanted to be my dad. Mm -hmm. um, not, not him, but you know, everything he did. There's a story that he told, I know you've got to land the plane, but when he, when he pastored, the leeward side of um, St. Vincent, he had about eight churches under his, his belt. Um, Kittels, Leyu, Barrelly, Spring Valley, Chateaubelair, and I'm missing Vermont, and I'm missing another one. Anyway, those were the churches under my dad's leadership. Long story short, um, maybe it was seven churches or six churches. There, was, there, there were a lot of churches. Lower Cattells, there are a lot of churches. Long story short, there was this one Friday, Good Friday, he was going to Vermont to pick up ground provision. Y'all know about that. Jamaicans and West Indians know what ground provision is from, from, from one of his parishioners. And um, I wanted to go with him so bad. And I, I remember telling him, you don't love me. You don't, you don't take me with you. I want to go with you, dad. And he had a new car. He had a Ford Lancer. And I, I remember wanting to, everywhere my dad went, I wanted to be with my dad from since I was a kid. Long story short, he didn't take me. The car ended up, ended up running over a cliff. And what I heard from the story is that, which is I heard lately is that he forgot to, because in the islands, you know, we drive stick shift. We drive manual cars. We're not lazy like you Americans. Okay, sorry, my bad. <laughs> so he must have either forgot to put it in gear in park, turn it off and then pull up the handbrake. And the car started rolling back. And apparently he just, by, by the movement of the holies, of the angels that encamp round about him, Anyway, that text, um, <laughs> I was trying to make it personal. He jumped out of the car and watched the car. He got out of the car and watched his new car run over the ditch into the ravine. What he said to me within the last maybe four years, three years is, this is the true story that he said. If I had come with him, I would have either been in the back seat of the car or I would have been in the passenger seat and he would not have had enough time to save himself and save me. And so God prepared, God allowed him to be in this position and he told him not to take me that day. And so that, that, yeah, that's my story. But I've always been a daddy's boy and his preaching and his teaching and the way he carried himself. I always wanted to be, yeah, I love my dad. My dad taught me scripture like nobody, nobody you could call. The man was like an elder Ali. You ever see elder Ali open a Bible and say, I can't remember that scripture. He, man, listen, my father would just bloom, 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 scripture come out. That's my Jamaican right there. Bloom, bloom, bloom. Scripture just come out of him out. And I'm like, yo, how do you know this? Whenever I'm invited to preach anywhere, I would call him like, dad, 
I'm trying to preach on this. Where should I go to Isaiah 57 and read the text and call me in a day? Dad, uh, I don't preach for two weeks. <laughs> He's like, no, read the text today. Read it four times and call me and I'll, I'll guide you through it. What do you want to say about this text? What do you want to say? And we would, he would guide me and, and the presentation would come out dope. And every time I preached in Brooklyn and he was supposed to come hear me preach, he ended up in the hospital within the last um, eight years of his life. Because we've been down here for five years. I preached at Maranatha in Brooklyn. I preached at a couple other churches in Brooklyn. Um, and he was supposed to come in the three times that I was preaching at a church and he was trying to come and surprise me. He ended up in the hospital. So, but God be praised, man. That was my dude. His legacy you're continuing now. Evidently you were observing him, patterned him, wanted to be like him, loved your dad. And now your sons mm -hmm. have the opportunity now to watch you lead worship all the time. Could you mm -hmm. tell listeners? the importance of that legacy for your children who are looking on to their dad who is involved and engaged in worship? What, what I think is, is important, what I think is important is this. Um, I, I don't, um, dad never forced me to, to become a singer worship leader, songwriter, any of that stuff. Um, I am not forcing, I know Tanner, Tanner's voice, he's, he's 15 in June, but he's going through that puberty stage where his voice is changing. But I know Seth and Miles, Miles has already expressed it to me that he wants, Seth wants to be a worship leader. And so I find it very humbling and the responsibility is grave on me to, um, the responsibility is grave on me to, as it were, uh, lead by example without trying to force. Now I coerce because they have to sing for Sabbath school over Zoom and I'm working on harmony with them and, you know, telling them to stick with songs that can, that are there for their age group. I still believe in songs, children singing songs that fit children. Um, I don't believe children who haven't experienced what the blood does for them can sing about the blood. Um, yeah, I, mm, you can't do it. All, all them um, old school Motown artists, um, Otis Redding and all them guys um, talk about sitting on the top of the bay. Them guys, they under they sang them words and they knew what they were singing about. Um, and so for me, they watch me. They they watch. I see them sometimes. I'm up leading worship, either at our church, New Life, or you know, at Kingsborough, wherever I am, sometimes they come with me to New York or they're at CPC, wherever. And I see them out of the corner of my eye, I see them watching me. And so what I've tried to do is not force them, but teach them the principles that I've learned. 
so that whenever God calls them and they are ready, they they're they'll they'll be equipped to go and say, ah, this is what Daddy was talking about. I understand now um, why, you know, the reason why we sing. Um, and that's why I have those intimate conversations with them. Um, I'm not really a family poster, um, meaning I don't, I try not to put my family too much on social media. Um, and I don't even put myself too much on social media. I'm, I'm doing it more because I'm learning that, I, yeah, I need to. But the legacy that I want them to have is a serious relationship with God. God can do the rest. He can, he can take their, their uh, inabilities and their un, un, unqualifiedness and turn it into something that is greater than they could ever imagine. I've sung in countries and in places that I have never dreamed about. My music has played in Japan, in Germany. Um, I've gotten checks from people all over the world once my music was on iTunes, iTunes, I, iTunes, iTunes. Um, but yeah, there's a Trini coming out. Um, and I'm not trying to add in. But yeah, I I I I'm I'm just humbled, man, that I have boys that I am that I am I'm I'm a husband, that I'm a, a father, that um people like you find it, you know, uh uh, an, an opportunity to sit with me and talk about what what is I don't even sometimes I don't even know what it is I do I just I just do it in in the moment as God gives it to me it literally just comes out and 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 I don't look at the reaction because the reaction can get to your head I think that was David's problem David's problem was leadership got to his head and it's happened with so many presidents Bill Clinton the role got to his head doc and i was like yeah i don't want i don't ever want the i don't ever want the the quote unquote stardom or the popularity to overshadow the fact that i'm a servant of god who just does what he wants to do if you ever see an email from me my emails say i am a humble servant and whatever it says, you know, but I, I'm slave and servant who listens to and follows wherever and whenever God leads. That's my slogan. That will always be my slogan because I don't want to be caught up in, yeah, well, Timothy Anderson is, because nah, today you could see me doing this and tomorrow I could break the news and I don't want to embarrass God's name and I also don't want to embarrass my family's name. So yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Powerful, Tim. You've given us so many gems. Um, Timothy Anderson is a singer, songwriter, worship leader, uh, indie artist, father, husband, brother, son. Um, Timothy, finally, COVID has taught us that, and you touched on it earlier, some of these segments of our service that we may have taken for granted yeah gained us during the pandemic mm -hmm. heavy parts of it 
what can you say the churches that are not looking necessarily to reopen, but to restart mm -hmm. about the importance of praise and worship? I, I remember the story of uh, the Red Sea. When the women looked back after they had made it to the other side and they realized <laughs> what God had done for them. Them girls took out, them sisters took out their tambourines and the Bible says they wrote a new song unto the Lord. And in the song, it says he brought us on dry land. And look, the horse and the rider have been caught up in the water. Paraphrasing. The horse and the rider were drowned in the sea. And so when this thing started, um, I think it may have been, dad was still alive because dad passed April 27th. While we stopped going to church at the beginning of March. They started saying how long this thing was going to be. And I said, you said a word. I said, when we get back in church, we got to reset. You can't pick up from where you left off. If you pick up from where you left off, you're doing something wrong. There is no picking up. We're not doing the same series. Pastors let that series go. And then I just posted something on Facebook the other day, I said, when we finally all get back into church, when we know that the vaccine has, has done its, and these variants aren't, and we're not wearing masks and social distancing, I pray that people will shout and sing and testify of God's goodness when you have the opportunity to. And sometimes, even in the service, ain't nothing wrong with somebody just shouting hallelujah because you realize in that moment you had a flashback of something that God did for you and you took advantage of telling him how honored and how honored you were or you are that he took good care of you. You realize that he didn't have to do it, but he did. And so for me, I am hoping that when we find when we do finally get back into the church, into God's house, that we will definitely reevaluate what praise and worship, the singing aspect of that does for us, what the teaching aspect is supposed to be and the preaching aspect is supposed to be, but what the singing aspect. And I would I would encourage and admonish the worship leaders to use this time as a prayer time to consecrate yourselves, to tell, to allow God to, 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 to minister to you so that by the time you get back into the building and people are there, you can hit the ground running. You got your sets, you got your hymns and you got your songs and you can definitely lift up God's name and give him glory for all that he's done. And don't feel embarrassed and, and intimidated by 
the elder and the, 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 the older church member who, who wants to criticize. There will always be critics. But as long as you are worshiping God from a real place, from your heart, and you're doing it in spirit and in truth, and you know that you've spoken to God about it and he's given you the clearance to take off, you go and you do what you got to do. Bro, thank you so much, man. You know, I told you I would only need five minutes of your time and I know I kept my promise. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen, by the way, because as much as I'm an introvert, this is this this thing that I have is is just a part of my, 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 my whole thing. And I'm humbled that, that, that you called me, man. We've been talking about this for what? And I appreciate it, bro. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. man. <laughs> You're supposed yes, to be my I first was. guest. <laughs> but all things work together. I appreciate it, man. I do. I do. Yes, I do. Thank You're you welcome. so much, bro, for being on the Water Word podcast. And man, I look forward to more uh videos because in this space i rely on the the worship oh, yeah. sets man because we're we'll apart. we'll work those out i'm trying to yeah i haven't done the uh the the personal videos yet and people have been asking me for it so i'm gonna work on that i'm gonna do a miranda curtis for for, for you quick i got you i got something and and Tim, please tell listeners where they can follow you if they need um you to minister um, workshops, etc. Give them the IG, give them any forms of contact that you're all right. Um, it's so on Facebook, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, and I'm on IG, Instagram. Um, and so on Twitter, it's Tander Songs. Um, on Facebook, it's Timothy Anderson, and I'm probably just going to change it all to Timothy Anderson. And then on Instagram, it's Timothy underscore Tandersongs underscore Anderson. And Instagram, Timothy underscore Tandersongs, as in my first initial, my last name, and I just added a GS at the end of it. Tandersongs um, underscore Anderson. Um, and that's Instagram. If you need, I really don't charge, but I live in Maryland. So you got to cover something for me because I can't do it for free. I got a family to take care of three boys that trying to go to college, That's trying good. to put them at Pine Forge or something. But yeah, and uh, Oakwood, there you go. Or somebody's HBCU. So yeah, um, <laughs> I'm saving up for them. But um, definitely, if, if, you need, if you need a worship leader or you need a clinician or someone just to help your team, I'm more than available and willing and ready to assist. I try not to be a, a, a push man. I'm not going to invite myself to your church. My mama taught me right. She said, don't invite yourself into people's homes. But uh, if you need me, please, I, I'll even do it over Zoom. I've done it over Zoom. I've actually done a couple at a couple of Sunday churches. I did one, uh, was it the end of February? I did one at the end of February in, um, in the Bronx. I was in the Bronx, glory to God. And um, yeah, yeah, I've done a couple in, in the last, within just this year. I've done one at Brownsville, at First Baptist Church of Brownsville. I'm the minister of music, worship leader um, at First Baptist Church of Brownsville, Brooklyn. So I'm there almost every weekend. So as we speak, it's eight o'clock in another hour or so. 
I'm going to be on the road heading up to New York. Yeah, because we have two services, 8.30 and 10.30. Thank the Lord. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. And safe travels. You know, we love Thank our you, family and um, blessings to you, Stacy and the boys. And the yes, boys. sir. You know, once the dust clears, the connecting again soon. Yeah, man. You have to do this in person. You must do the the TV podcast. <laughs> yes. Oh, you got to do the NPR desk. That that um, I don't know if you've ever heard of NPR. They they have a a, 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 a the artist desk and they sit around the artists and the people just coming with guitars. Yeah, you got to watch check that out on YouTube. But yeah, we can do that. Thank you so much for encouraging us, for reminding us of God's goodness. And um, we thank you for your service, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. Podcast as well. Thank you, sir. No problem, man. No problem. Blessings. And I would, I would encourage and admonish the worship leaders to use this time as a prayer time to consecrate yourselves to tell to allow God to 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 minister to you so that by the time you get back into the building and people are there you can hit the ground running you got your sets you got your hymns and you got your songs and you can definitely lift up God's name and give him glory for all that he's done and don't feel embarrassed and, and intimidated by the elder and the, 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 the older church member who, who wants to criticize. There will always be critics. But as long as you are worshiping God from a real place, from your heart, and you're doing it in spirit and in truth, and you know that you've spoken to God about it and he's given you the clearance to take off, you go and you do what you got to do. Thank you.